Hello one, hello all. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and this is 100 Words or Less, the podcast. Thank you for joining us on another week of introspective and hopefully entertaining and interesting conversations with people involved in independent culture. If you do not know the show, then welcome. If you already know the show and you listen to it frequently, welcome again. Nice to have you. Let's pull up a chair. Let's have some coffee. So November is a special month in the fact that this is our fundraising month. And when I say fundraising, I've been giving this show to all of you, the internet at large, for free for over two years. That's not changing. That is always going to be there. This thing needs some cash to operate. And I'm not talking about a lot of cash. Like realistically, it takes me about a hundred or so dollars a month to run this thing. And that includes the storage fees and hosting fees. That includes me paying Tom Richfield, our absolutely incredible producer and editor, some cash because, you know, he puts a lot of work into this. He makes sure that this conversation not only sounds good, but flows well. I mean, fortunately, I'm I'm basically perfect and I very rarely mess up. So his job is relatively easy. Anyways, I'm being sarcastic. Basically, I'm coming to you, the listener. There's so much stuff you could be putting in your ears. There are so many things you can be doing right this very moment, but you're choosing to spend it with me and our guest. And that is a very, very powerful thing. And what I am asking you to do is take the power, the power of money, because realistically, whatever we spend our money on is the thing that we define as meaningful or powerful or worth something. And in this internet weird economy that we all live in, you know, PayPal and money going from bank account to bank account, sometimes it feels weird that you're not even spending money. Like when I buy stuff online, either through Amazon or or other places, you know, a lot of times you don't even feel like you're spending money because you're just looking at digits. And it sometimes doesn't have that tangible feel. So what I am asking for you, throw some money at the show. Visit 100wordspodcast.com. On the right side of the page, you will see a yellow button that says donate, or you will see a link that says donate to the show, click here. Basically, there's two options. There's one is a one-time donation, which I I could care less. If you're chipping in two bucks, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is, I appreciate it. And there's also a recurring subscription where basically it's like a magazine. You know, you're like, yeah, I'll I'll toss in $3 a month. That's fine. And some of you already do that. And that is, it's so amazing. And I really appreciate that. And I I send everybody free stuff. So if you donate money, money, I will give you free random stuff. So I really appreciate it. I'd like to give a special shout out to Eugene from California, a friend of mine. I think he felt challenged by the last week's episode. I kind of called out people who listened to the show, but regardless, he he just did that, did it out of the goodness of his heart and he donated to the show. So thank you very much, Eugene. And I haven't even talked about our guest, the guest this week. For those of you that are probably just listening to the show for the very first time, because this gentleman is a very popular gentleman in the world of independent music right now. His name is Jake. He goes under a name called Front Porch Step. And I didn't ask him how to pronounce his last name. So Miguel Fresh, something like that. Jake, he does a solo project under the name of Front Porch Step. And I got hooked up with him. Uh, We had some mutual friends, but then his uh, publicist wrote me and was like, hey, I would really like for you to have a conversation with Jake. And I was like, okay, I I had met him. I was familiar with his music. 
And so I was like, okay, let's let's get into this. So he was in Southern California. He was recording some songs at a local studio, and we were just able to make it happen. And holy crap, am I glad that we did that. It's very similar to the conversation that I had, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago with Dan Lampton from Real Friends, where I really like being able to speak to a person kind of before they've crested, so to speak, where it's like the popularity is still rising and it's still kind of reaching this sort of fever pitch of either if it's like they're a band or artist is on the eve of releasing their first like full length or they've released their full length, but then now it's like the tours start to come and more exciting things are happening. I feel like I hit Dan at that pivotal moment in his life and I pulled out a cork and he was able to discuss stuff that he's never talked about before. This is exactly what I felt like Jake and I experienced. So many things that he was able to discuss in a long form sense of the word and be able to just express himself. Yeah, it's incredible. So let's, I want to get some other intricacies out of the way and then we'll dive into the conversation with Jake. So uh, yeah, visit propertyofzach.com, our amazing media partners. I really can't thank them enough for spreading the word of the show. And uh, like I said, visit 100 Words Podcast, donate to the show. Enough about pitching and all that stuff. Let's just go to the conversation with Jake. I'm very excited that that we got this this raw and uncut version of him because I could tell he was just he was ready to talk and I just happened to be there. Here's my conversation with Jake and I will talk to you afterwards. Well, I see you standing there and your eyes are unaware that I've been staring at them all night wishing the brain behind them cared about the way you make me feel or how your smile makes me nervous or how the fact that Makes me feel like I have a purpose. I'm sick of lying in your bed. Your music. So, you know, I think Jake from Pure Noise was the one. I've known him for a long time. So he sent me your stuff and was like, hey, sign this new dude. I think you'd be into it. Check it out. And it was one of those things where I was like, listen to it. I was like, okay, cool. It's well done acoustic music. Um, And then doing further research, I was just like, oh, you're a hardcore kid from the Midwest. Um, that was the impression that I got. Yeah. The notion that you are a, a, a acoustic musician, so much gets put on people because of that, where it's just like, oh, dude, so you're going to be writing about girls for about 10 years of your life. You're going to be like, you're going to fit this one hole in the music world. And that's kind of it. Do a lot of people like sort of put those expectations on you where it's like, oh yeah, you're that, that's pretty typical what you're doing, Jake. Um, you know, how does, how does that kind of sit with you from that I perspective? I think it varies. Yeah. Because there's the varying opinions where it's just like, oh, like, either that's just your sappy, like, romantic, like, you know, just whiny brat music. And sure. then there's the people that still may not like it, but respect it. They're like, hey, he's talking about that stuff, but he talks about it in a way that's, like, you know, different from the way other people talk about it. Yeah. Because the example I've used before is, like, where other people say, like, you know, I love you. Like, my music might say, like, you know, I love you. And whenever I think about you, I think about slitting my wrist because I love you so much. Like, right. you know, I'll say this shit that people would never put in a song. Sure. Because they think it's too vulgar or too out there. And, and you know, I uh, I don't really care if it's too out there because if I'm feeling it. Now, I've never cut my wrist before, but I just use that as the most, like, kind of... It's a shocking the, metaphor. The sure. best, yeah, the best way to put it out there, mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, I, I got told by a by a lady once. She was a vocal coach for a bunch of really big artists. It was before I got signed, and I sent her my record, mm-hmm. and she told me that I'm a brilliant songwriter, but I needed someone to sit with me 
and tell me what not to put in my songs. And I told, basically told her to go fuck herself because I'd never heard something so offensive in my life. You know, she was saying like certain lyrics. Sure. And I know that I have certain lyrics that are like, you know, a little out there. But if I felt them when I wrote them, like, you'll, what's the point of playing music? Like, isn't that the beauty of making music is it's you, it's something like you're creating. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's, that's the beauty of music to me. I don't understand why you would write anything else than what you're feeling. Sure. Um, With that being said, like the, um, because you're obviously putting yourself out there in ways like you were talking about that, obviously people, um, people may be offended. They may, uh, you know, they may think it's outrageous what you're saying. Um, is, you know, is it, is it in part to like provoke a react, provoke a reaction from people where it's just like, like, you know, whatever, when you're, when you're getting a lyric down and when you've got that song down you listen back to it and you're like, Oh wow, that's going to, that, that could hit a nerve. Like, are there certain lines that, that, that have stuck out with you? I mean, after you've written it? Well, yeah, like the song Private Fears in Public Places, that song was written to tell a girl, like, everything. Basically, I would will, be willing to do everything for her and please her in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And, like, not just sexually, but in all sense of the word. I just want to make her happy. I would do anything for her. Right. And one of the ending lines of that song is dive my face between your thighs until I cannot feel my lips. And a lot of people hear that and they're like, that's disgusting. Right. But to me, when I wrote that song, it was just like, you know, like, let me, let me do everything for you. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, just let me, let me make you feel good in every sense. I love you. I, right. I'm, I'm madly in love with you. And you know, like half of these people are like, that's disgusting. And then they go home and like eat out their girlfriends. Like, sure. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they're they're offended by something that you are basically that is your explanation of what you are going through, and that is a common practice. Yeah, people yeah, perform yeah. cunnilingus all the time. Yeah, they do, <laughs> and you know, yeah, this lady I'm not going to mention her name. Sure, but the lady, the vocal coach, was telling me this stuff. She was like, you know, that you'll never be on the radio with that like songs like that. And I'm like, first of all, I don't fucking care about being on the radio, and you can be on the radio. And I brought up Kings of Leon. She's like, I love Kings of Leon. I'm like, what about the song Sex on Fire? And she's like, well, they do it in, they talk about sex in a beautiful way. I was like, in the second verse, he says the head while I'm driving. And I told her, like, you know, I'm, he's talking about getting a blowjob right. while he's driving down the street. Sure. And she's like, well, he says it like he's not actually saying it, though. And I'm like, saying dive my face between your thighs is not saying let me lick your clitoris. Like, right. it's not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, you're like, I could have taken it more. Yeah, you're contradicting right. yourself by saying, well, you're not saying it because I never... You know what I mean? It, it's really dumb because yeah. people care about genres too much. Mm-hmm. It's almost like racism, race, like racial stereotyping with music. Sure. Because it's like you're playing an acoustic guitar. You can't talk about going down on a girl. Sure. But Nicki Minaj can – I'm not talking about white and black. Here. Right. No, no. Music. Of course not. But Nicki Minaj can put out a song that says, I let him hit it because he slings cocaine. And no one gives a shit. Like no one sure. points that out. Because it's part of that. Like it's an it's accept, And it's accepted part of that culture. It's like a, Eminem can yeah, say yeah. – of course. On the Marshall Mathers LP, they say I couldn't rap about being broke no more. They didn't say I can't rap about coke no more. Slut, think I won't choke no whore till the vocal cords don't work in her throat no more. And like, that's cool because it's rap. It's tight. Right, like, right. it's rap. Oh, that's shit, Eminem. You're edgy as fuck. I have an acoustic guitar in my hand. And I say, like, you'll dive my face between your thighs. So I can't feel my lips. You're disgusting, dude. Yeah. You're the gross. You're gross. Sure. You're gross. Like, what? Right, 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 like, right. You know, it's, a, it's a double standard. It really is. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, and I hope you understand what I, like, compared that to racial No, no, no. I totally. Like, it'd be like, you know, it'd be like somebody seeing, like, you know, uh, like a racist person seeing a black person, like, you know, 
say, uh, working as like a heart surgeon, like, yo, that guy can't do that. Or, yeah, like, you know course. what I mean? Or saying, right. or saying Eminem rapping and saying he's a bad rapper just because he's white. Yeah. It's the same thing when it comes to, I have an acoustic guitar, so I can't say things like that. They're not acceptable. Right. But if I, if certain, I was, certain things are off limits for you because it's not accepted within that singer songwriter culture. Yeah. And if I yeah. was a metal singer, like it would still be cool. You know, that line might be too soft if I was. It'd probably be too soft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, was like you know. Well, because you're talking about your feelings. You're talking about girl, and that 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 isn't accepted. Yeah, metal, but I'm not right. talking about killing, bloody killing a girl and murdering her. Right, so right. It's not acceptable in metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's it's interesting that. Um, I mean, I knew that that your uh, your lyrics obviously pushed buttons in people that uh, weren't used to having their buttons pressed as far as you know what what you're playing. Do you still get negative feedback from those specific like songs and pe- like people coming up to you and being like, "Oh man, I don't I don't know about that." Like, well, you get negative feedback from everyone for sure. everything. Like, not yeah, not yeah. from everyone, but right. I'm saying there's always negative feedback. You never get uh, stop getting negative feedback. Um, there's name one band that everyone loves. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if they're legendary. It, it can be Tupac and someone will hate Tupac just because he's popular and they want to hate him. Yeah. And it, it's just, I don't, I stopped giving a shit about negative feedback a long time ago because there's, well, it's definitely not constructive. It doesn't have any, there are some people that it, it's constructive if someone's like, yeah, Hey man, that song is really beautiful. But I, th- I think that line's, you know, a little, a little too inappropriate. And I think the song would have been much better without it. Like, you know, I would respond to them and, you know, like, I, I appreciate that, you know, but it's just how I write. But, you know, I appreciate your opinion. That's what we say. It's like, you know, you're a gross piece of shit. It's like, like, who are you? Like, I don't care. Right, like, right. You know, not saying, I say that and I always have to, like, correct myself. When I say, who are you? Right. I don't mean that I'm better than you. Who are you? I'm front porch step. I'm cool. I'm saying, who are you? Literally, I don't fucking know you. Your yeah. opinion doesn't matter to me. Right. So I don't ever mean like that you're, I'm yeah. better than anyone. Right. You're not, you, this person is not part of your trust. People always circle. say I correct myself too much and I care too much about what people think, but I don't want to, I offend people naturally. So I try not to offend people too much without, you know, without them thinking I'm saying something right. that I'm not saying. Well, like when I said the racism thing, like I made sure, like I was like, wait, like make sure you understand what sure, I'm saying. Sure. But of course, everybody will still take it the wrong way. Everybody will still fucking post something on Twitter or Tumblr right. about how I said something about racism <laughs> and they'll take it the wrong way because yeah. the internet's full of fucking assholes. And yeah. The well, I think, I think what you're doing too is, I mean, you're putting quantifiers because you, uh, I mean, in a form like this, you can express yourself more freely. I mean, if you were to write something like that, you yourself may edit it a lot before you send it off to, you know, the print media outlet. But yeah. with this, you have to put more quantifiers and be able to add more context. So I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And especially, well, I mean, cause you're 21, 22 years old. 22. 22. So I had to think. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> essentially, you know, in, in certain respects, you're, you are still finding yourself. Because you are in some sort of public eye, there's a lot of people that are going to, you know, look at if you are, you know, whatever, consistent in the way that you're presenting yourself. And you yourself are still, you know, a moving target, you know? It's like, I find that it's like so much attention is paid to people who are, you know, whatever, between the ages of, you know, 15 and 25. Or It's like that's the most volatile time in your life. Like what yeah. you do one year may be completely different than the next year. And so I feel like people that are, you know, throwing arrows at you, well, don't realize you're just like, well, dude, you're still just figuring it out. Yeah, I'm just, well, see, that's the thing. Like a lot of the songs on the last record, mm-hmm. people are like, 
you know, say like if I tremble, they're like, oh, that song's like, you know, that song's kind of cheesy. Like, I wrote that song four years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I still, I actually that song and Lullaby uh-huh. weren't originally on the record, and my booking agent Matt Pike, who's basically my my Jedi master, my right. my Shook Knight, sure, you know, it told me he loves those songs and he thinks they should be on the record. So I put them on the record. And if I trembles, you know, people love Lullaby, but if I trembles, one of the most successful songs on the record, like you know, especially I know this that live is what I'm saying, right? Like people go nuts when I play If I Tremble, and it's just. Fuck that song. <laughs> like, of like, course, like, yeah. yeah. You're like that was so in my past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but when you go back to what you're asking about lyrics, my favorite part is that's very obvious. The dive my face line, right? It's something sexual. In the song Runaway, I say uh, I'm so done with feeling numb that I've been pissing in the breeze. Mm-hmm. No matter how much these girls come, they never miss their chance to leave. And someone came up to me one time. They're like, hey. My friend was trying to tell me you were talking about ejaculation in that line. Is that true? And like I told him you weren't. I'm like, it's totally true. Right. And they're like, what? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. what that line is, is I'm so dumb with feeling numb. Because at the time, like, I just got cheated on. It's the same girl that I wrote the song Drown About. Mm-hmm. And Runaway was about the fact that she just found a boyfriend. And they just started dating. And like, they're still together. It's like two and a half years ago. And like, they, she somehow found someone who was happy immediately after like, Fucking me, like you know, like not yeah. fucking me literally, but right, like metaphor departing just, from you, yes, you're ruining yeah. my life at that point in time, <laughs> right. And that song is like you know, was about the fact that I kind of just started dating random girls and like would date a girl for a week and we'd have sex like after dating for two days, and it was just very, you know, there's a lot of people like I don't slut shame or anything like that, but I personally don't like having sex with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I want. Sex is still meaningful to me, and you know it has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with like you know calling saying people that do that is wrong. It's just my personal beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I was doing it just because I wanted to feel something. Like I wanted someone in my bed. Like a, I wanted somebody. You next needed to a war. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was completely. You know, and I'm not going to say that they weren't using me back. I kind of would just find a girl that was down to date a dude and basically just have sex all the time and that's all our relationship was and that's right. what, what I kept doing that so that line my my lines are are so metaphorical and so literal at the same time because it's saying like you know I'm so done with feeling numb I've been pissing the breeze pissing the breeze is doing whatever the fuck I want like you know just going out there uh, and no matter how much these girls come like they never miss their chance to leave and yes I'm talking about coming as in coming to me right. but talking about like it doesn't matter like you can get a you can be the best in bed no matter what but if the girl doesn't love you she'll leave you mm-hmm. and that's what that line's about and people are like you weren't talking about ejaculation were you I'm like yeah you're like 100 i was 100 percent talking about ejaculation <laughs> well it, it's interesting because i mean you're, you're bringing up a point i was going to bring up a little bit later where it's like, like i knew it something i've noticed uh that happens to basically every dude that plays in a band and because you your lyrical content deals with a lot of this where the struggle that, um, in particular, like guys that are more um, sensitive, like the way that you described how you view sex as being like still a special part of your life, in yeah. the sense of like you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not just throwing this around everywhere. But the notion of girls obviously immediately paying attention to people who play in bands, like that, that exists, like that is a reality. Yeah. And so, has it been a struggle for you to be like, okay, I need to be able to see a girl for kind of who she is or is she throwing at me because I do, you know, because she's seen me on a stage, which is, you know, 
for people like you and I are just like that's irrelevant. We're 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 just nerds that have played music. Like why yeah. why am I cool? So ha- is go that go back in time and talk to me in high school and see how you felt? Right, right, <laughs> like totally, totally. But so is that a struggle for you to kind of weave through the intentions of people because they are, you know, there's obviously girls that exist that are just like, oh yeah, I would, I would love to have a story. For instance, I've, I'm currently dating a girl mm-hmm. and I avoided her for a very long time um, because she was too nice. And when I say she was too nice, um, after some of the things that have happened to me, I try to avoid nice girls. Okay. And if a girl seems like she might be a shitty person, I'm probably going to date her. Uh, just because I can foresee the future with that. I'm okay. in control of it. Like, you know, if I find out like three days later, this girl that's known for cheating on guys cheats on me, I'm like, damn, Jake, shouldn't have dated a cheater. You know what I mean? Right. It's but like a self-fulfilling girl, prophecy. And, right. you know, I'm not – we've only been dating for, I don't know, three or four weeks, close to a month now. Yeah. So there's not like some like, you know – you know, we were still learning about each other. Of course. But what I'm saying is I I met her um, briefly like you know, on the internet. And then we met for sure in December when I played St. Louis mm-hmm. uh, at a Never Show, Never Show. And she was very genuine. And uh, I liked her instantly. And I, I fucked her over a whole lot. I never, We never dated, but I would... I would talk to her and then like I would just stop talking to her for other girls because she scared the shit out of me. Sure. Because girls like her have the capability of ruining my life. And because I, I, I take things too strongly because uh, I, I do have to touch on more sensitive subject. I do have abandonment issues. I have, uh, you know, that's I'm diagnosed with abandonment issues. Um, no, Real, I didn't. You can be diagnosed with that? Well, like. A psychiatrist is like told right. me I have abandonment issues. Okay. When I say diagnosed, when I'm saying right, right, di- prof- right. multiple professionals have told me I have. Now, there's other things I'm diagnosed with, like anxiety that I just don't take medicine for. Right. So, uh, but when I say diagnosed, I think it was for a lack of better words. Yeah. No. 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 That makes total sense. I yeah, don't yeah. just say like, "Oh, I have abandonment issues." I mean, right. You're like, I have, I have done the work on this. Yes, I, I've been told by. <laughs> right. Right. Right, dude, right. I've been to so many psychiatrists in my life that I don't even want to count. Right. 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 Um, I've probably been to more psychiatrists than Gene Simmons fucked girls like this, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, anyway, so you yes, yeah. diaper, but you were you were so you were saying you. you so you, when you, someone leaves me that I truly care about, yep. that's why I would date girls that I consider like shitty people because like, or that seem sketchy. Right. Not shitty people because everyone makes mistakes. Right. The girls that fucked me over aren't shitty people. Well, they're they, probably just they dis- just made shitty decisions. Sure. Or and they're just disposable to you. Yeah. In, uh, I mean, for lack of a better term. Yeah, not dis- we're, like, disposable. We're, we're disposable to each other. Exactly. If right, that right, makes right. sense. That does make sense. It, I worry about this. I've, I worry about that kind of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of girls liked me when I was before I played music. Like, you know, I had girlfriends, but no girl ever finds me attractive, like from the get go. Now, girls find me attractive now because they see me on like stage or they see like they listen to my music. So they're like, oh, he's hot. Right. But I'm not I, I'm aware of that. I'm not a uh, I'm not that physically attractive of a person. So most girls that I've dated in the past were girls that didn't like me physically. And we hung out a whole lot and they just basically fell in love with my personality. Like sure. That. And uh, they wanted to be with me. Right. It was never like, oh my god, like, like dude, you are Jake. Yeah, like, Jake is hot. hot. Right. Like, yeah, it was never like that. Right. So I worry about that. Like, you know, if I'll ever find a girl, you know, I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. awesome. She's one of the coolest girls I've ever met in my life. I think it's one of the things where 
the worst thing would happen is we break up and she stays my best friend for the rest of my life. She's right. she's that cool of a girl. Got it. Because I, I avoided dating her for a very long time. Right, because, right, right. Because of how genuinely awesome she is. Right. And unfortunately, my mom, my mom and her best friends, that's the worst thing in the fucking world. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, well, yeah, that definitely, uh, that'll keep, that'll keep her in your life. Yeah. Um, no. So what, but before we got too far, the, uh, the, so like the abandonment issues, like is this? So what, what was your family structure like growing up? Because you grew up in Ohio, correct? Yeah. Me. Let me make this clear first. Me Please. and my dad have a good relationship right okay. now. Um, it's not always like that, but we have a of good course. relationship now. He's not, he's not a bad person. It's just he made some bad decisions. Sure. And uh, when I was, I forget. I always get the time because I always get the time wrong and the age wrong because the divorce lasted so long. Okay. Um, my dad left my mom for a woman that lived down the street. Okay. And my dad was like a huge, he's still a Christian, but like was a huge Christian, like, like, uh, what's the word I'm like for? Um, like practicing Christian. Okay. Like he sure. used to go yeah, to church Chicago. every he Sunday. To, sure. Yeah. He used to go to Chicago with, uh, um, with a buddy of his and like preach to like, yo, juvenile delinquents and like prisoners and stuff. Sure. Like to go to the jails and like, you know, stuff like that. Right. And, he was, you know, I always looked up to him, you know, and, uh, I kind of had like the perfect life. Like we would go like camping, like every weekend we'd go to Kings Island and Cedar Point. We had season passes that's like Kings Island, which are very well-known theme parks, actually, yep. especially Cedar Point is known in the world as, you know, one of the best theme parks in the world. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, I promise I'm not plugging Cedar Point. <laughs> I'm just very proud to live in a state that has something that cool. Right. Ohio right. doesn't have a lot. Right. It, when he left, it was like. It you was, were shattered. Shit, like, shit got real. And, like, a yeah. very, like, you know, very juvenile way of putting it, like, shit got real. Like, were you, like, what, six, seven? Eight to ten. Eight to ten. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because the divorce lasted so long. Like, the divorce sure. lasted, like, six years. Right. Like, it was a bad divorce. Like, were you. Were they we, battling over custody for you as well? To be honest, I don't know yeah, what yeah. happened because. Well, usually, there was, usually when a divorce. There was a gag order. Oh, okay. And then me and my sister weren't old enough to know anything. Sure. So. My mom would just like come home crying. I knew my mom wanted to keep us, mm-hmm. but like my dad had the house. My dad, what happened? Like basically, what was said is like my dad wanted to keep the house and live there with his like girlfriend. Okay, or who's now his wife. Okay, he's still with her, and and I'm 22 now, so they've been together for a while now. Yeah, but uh, uh and she left her husband. Oh, yeah. So this was a very calculated move that they both left their families yeah. to start a new one. Yeah. And uh, he, like, didn't want to give the house to me and my mom. Sure. He wanted – now, my my mom – either whether, whether my dad wanted to take the house from us with some evil person or – he wanted us. He wanted us to like you know. He wanted to keep the house for him and her and have him come see him. He couldn't accept the fact that me and my sister were not going to accept his new girlfriend. I still have it. I uh, and now like you know like I said, my dad would probably listen to this and get ticked off that I'm even like talking about her in a bad way. But it doesn't matter. That's 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 what's that's, weird. That's what's weird about me and my dad's relationship. Is sure. I love my dad with all my heart, and I fucking hate his wife. Sure, I, I won't speak to her. I won't go in their house when she's home. I'll go in her house, their house briefly because yeah. I don't want to see pictures of her. I don't fucking like her. I don't. Is she, it is so? It, does that stem? There from, was more than he left her for us. Sure. She like, dude. She did terrible things. Like okay. She, she fucking. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say like, is, is, is she was. I would be much happier if my parents were still not together and my dad left her. 
and went and found a nice woman. Okay, got if it. If that yeah, makes yeah. sense. No, that doesn't I would make accept sense. if my dad got a divorce from her and found a nice woman. Sure. And I could accept her as a stepmom. Got it. I won't accept that this woman as my stepmom ever. Got it. I never will. Okay. Uh, and that's my choice, and anybody has a fucking problem with that can deal with it. My right. dad and my you know, yeah. No, uh, no. I, I, I. The only reason I was interjecting there was that it was I was trying to identify whether or not the because uh, I'm I'm a child of divorce as well, and my dad went through three marriages. He passed away a few years ago, but I, I, I completely identify with what you were going through in regards to the women that he would bring in. Like he would take me on dates. My dad was doing terrible things where I would be, we would go out on a date in the morning and we go out a date at night. When I say we, he would take me along and I would like mix up these girls' names. So it's like I identify the, I don't like this woman because he's trying to replace my mom. But like there's obviously a lot more yeah. with that with you. So that's why I was just trying to paint that picture. Well, there was stuff like my mom went to the mall one time yeah. and she took it like she saw her. And the woman took a large Coke and dumped it in my mom's purse and, like, oh. dumped it all over my mom. Yeah. Like, she's just not a, like... Yeah, yeah. A, but, yeah, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of yeah. attached to that. But what I'm saying is, like, my dad, I wasn't going to go near her. And I told my dad, like, you know, it wasn't just about him leaving my mom. Because my mom has an ex-husband before my dad, mm-hmm. who was my brother and sister's dad. And he cheated on my mom. But he knew what he did. He accepted it, and they got a divorce, and they're best friends now. My mom and her first husband. Are. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I call him uncle. Like he's <sighs> like yo. He's my. He's more. You know. He's been a part of my life. You know. He's still like yo. He still makes mistakes, but he. But he accepted what he did mm-hmm. and like left my mom, and like they got a mutual divorce. And he's sure. like yo. I cheat on you. We're getting a divorce. Right. Uh. Now I'm sure there was uglier things than that, uglier conversations than that. Of course, but I'm saying it still ended well. Right. I can't accept that my dad's still with this woman that did it and like the way it happened. Yeah. And uh, like I said, if he would divorce her and like you'll live on his own, I would go spend days at his house all the time. Like, right. And or if he met someone else later on, because he's married now. My mom's other ex-husband okay he's married to a different woman now okay and my mom and her are best friends and i call her aunt it's, right so it's not so the 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 abandonment issues lie directly from you feeling abandoned from your father because you had such a close relationship with yeah him. okay and i you know it's one of those things where like i can't go spend the night at my dad's whenever we hang out we have to go eat somewhere or go bowling or go spend money you have to go out because right? it's too awkward to have him in our house with my mom there, right? Because even though they get along, like they don't talk to each it's, other, but yeah, they, they it's can, weird. They, yeah, they don't go like they can say hi to each other. That's of course, they, they can be cordial but not social. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And right. I won't go to his house when she's there, so it's there's no we don't hang out. Yeah, you we, have to like, meet on neutral territory. Yeah, right. like we go get food and like yo, that's hanging out, but it's always spending money when we hang out. We can't ever right. just hang out. Like uh, now, if I had my own apartment or something, he could come over, but right. I mean, my mom live in it. I'm the last of her kids to move out, and we both live in a two story house with like three bedrooms, two ba- two and a half baths. No, f- yeah, three bedroom, two and a half baths, and with a big backyard. And yeah, like, you're like, I don't want to leave this. Yeah, like why would I leave? <laughs> right, right, right. I, I Especially have, when you're when you're touring and you're spending exactly. so much time, it's like there's no reason for you to move. I don't out. make enough money to have a pointless. Yeah, you know, you're paying for a storage space. That's all you're doing. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, yeah. But when I say abandonment issues, it was like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. My dad didn't leave us, mm-hmm. but he gave me, like, he didn't, 
Like he gave me like an ultimatum. Like if you want to see me, you have to be with her. I didn't want to be with her. Right. So that was how my dad abandoned me was like, you know, he, he stayed with this woman that did terrible things to my family and, you know, ruined, basically ruined, you know, they didn't, they didn't, she didn't go to her husband and be like, yo, I'm in love with this guy. I want a divorce. And he didn't come to my mom and be like, yo, me and her are in love. Like we, we want to be together. Like, you know, she's leaving him. I'm, I, we need a divorce. It was, it was done in a very bad way. Sure. Sure. That, you know, yeah, there, that there, that is why all those issues exist. It was handled very poorly. I mean, it's always terrible hearing those situations. But I mean, obviously, I presume that because of all those situations, like you know, when did when did sort of independent music kind of start to you know infiltrate your life? Well, that's a, that's what's so odd. It's like my dad is my dad leaving, and you know, the divorce is one of the biggest things that has impacted my life and my mentality because it. It really fucked me up mentally. When I say fucked me up mentally, like, I mean, there was, there was damage done mm-hmm. because I never had problems with the school. And uh, I didn't know when I was younger that it could, that trauma could create like mental disorders. Sure. Which I knew like, you know, PTSD is obviously like a trauma related mental disorder. But I'm saying I didn't know ADHD, anxiety, bipolar could all be, but then I found out that my dad has bipolar, so that might be hereditary, but I didn't notice it when I was younger. Sure. But basically got all these things, and I was, before the divorce happened, I, um, you know, there's like special kids that they think are going to do well. Mm-hmm. Like I was at a college reading level in the fourth grade. Uh, when I say that, I mean literally like, you yeah, know, you're advanced, like sure. advanced, advanced. And I, I aced all my tests. Like, you know, I did my homework. I was basically, going to be put in like special classes like you know not special classes like people with trouble but people like preparing for college early kind right. of thing and then the divorce started kind of happening and basically my teachers in the fifth and sixth grade fifth sixth seventh and eighth grade were nice enough to pass me regardless of what regardless because i aced my test and that's all they cared about because mm-hmm. they knew what i was going through but but they were still annoyed. They're like, why don't you just do your homework? Like, you know, cause I would just goof off in class, get suspended, get in fights. Cause what happened is earlier, see, there's so much to say. Yeah. When I was earlier, it would be like, I would be crying in the back of the class and people right. would make fun of me. And then it turned into like, I'd be crying in the back of the class. And like some kid would like, you know, uh, some kid would, uh, like mouth off to me. And I would end up like throwing like my book at his face sure. and like getting suspended. Well, dude, you, everything that you're describing, you were going through, you know, the 12, whatever, the 12 stages of grief or whatever. It's like you were mourning the loss of the, the structure that you had. So yeah, of course it's like, you know, whatever denial, um, you know, acceptance, like all these steps you were going through. And especially from schooling where it's like, you were just, you were angry. And so you, at that point you were acting mm-hmm. out and. I smoked weed when I was very young. Yeah. Like very young. Sure. Like awkwardly young. It was like fifth or sixth grade. I smoked weed for the first time. Right. And then started smoking cigarettes and started drinking heavily. For mm-hmm. for the child, for literally the child that I was, I drank very heavily. Of course. Now I've been straight edge since I was 15. Uh-huh. Um, I'm 22 now. It's going to be eight years in November. Right. Um, but uh, I still, like I was very... I, I think I thank God or whatever the hell anybody else believes in that I found straight edge because it honestly literally saved my life in the most non cliche way possible. Yeah. 
But uh, I used to get in fights a lot. Okay. When I say, I always have to make this clear that I'm not trying to act tough when I say I got in fights a lot. Because I wasn't a badass. I, I got the shit kicked out of me a whole lot. Sure. But I didn't like taking shit from people. So it's kind of one of those things where I would get beat up. I'd go meet the kid somewhere. Like, yo, I'm gonna fuck this kid up. And then I would get fucked up real bad. Right. And that kid would not get fucked up at all. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then... It wasn't so much of a fight, but yeah. you receiving punches. And because I drove all that sadness, like this pure, like unadulterated sadness. Like the, nothing, you know, nothing, nothing could explain it better than just sadness. Sure. And depression. I forced it into anger. Right. And I started acting out against my mom. Like I'm talking about like a 13-year-old kid calling his mom a fat cunt. Like, sure. Like pure just, rage. Just, and I, I. I want to fucking sob at the thought of the fact that I used to talk to my mom like that, but I didn't give a shit about anybody. Right. I used to I used to steal like thirty packs of Natty Light from like uh from like families like houses oh, where yeah. they weren't looking. Sure. And like I would chug because I've been to my friends' houses where they're, they're they just drink regularly, so like their parents did. So like if there was like a twenty like a six pack missing, no one would know. No one, yeah, no one would notice, and I would just drink myself to sleep and that's what i did yeah and it wasn't to be cool like no one none of my friends really knew i did this because you were just trying to find a way to cope it it wasn't cool yeah so uh i I started writing lyrics and like i always loved music because my dad played uh my dad played guitar and he still does he uh plays country music okay and he like performs at like open mics and like you know bars with friends and like goes to bluegrass festivals but He's never like really done much with it. Sure. Uh, anywhere near what I'm doing because he hasn't tried. Right. Uh, he just does it for the fun of it. So I always had Martins and like you know Gibsons around my house, and always knew like three of the basic chords. And so I started like writing songs, and I didn't even really learn to cope that way until I was like 17 because I didn't really start writing how I felt till later on. Like I, I wrote poems of how I felt. Sure. But like my mom was like, you know, basically my mom would read some of my poetry and not in a bad way, not like a bad mom, but a good mom. Like, yeah. You need to show that to a psychiatrist. Sure. She's like, that's amazing. But like, you need to show that to a psychiatrist. Yeah. This seems, this seems troubled. <laughs> yeah, right. we, to, Jake, let's talk about this. <laughs> you know, the first song I ever wrote uh, that really was me putting everything into it was a song called So Help Me God. And it was on a So Help Me God EP. I took that EP down. Um, so you can't buy it anymore, but I plan on basically re-recording, remastering most of the songs. On oh, there. okay, sure. Uh, but the last line is "So help me God." For instance, is uh, this gunshot will drown out the noise in my head, but these blood stains won't cover the shame in my bed, and I can't think about it because I don't have the time. Because either way, I'll lose my mind. And I wrote that when I was eighteen, right. and it was basically, I'm so ashamed of the shit. Because what happened when I was eighteen? Well, I dated a girl. She was 16. I was 18. Everyone said, it like, you know, that's not a weird age difference if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But everybody was like, don't date a 16-year-old, you know, when you're 18 to maturity. <laughs> right. Because she's not mature enough. Because um, she turns 20 and I'd be 22. You yeah, know that's I mean? not a huge age difference. Yeah. But I did it the right way because we were friends when she was 15 and I was like, you know, just turned 18. And then when she turned 16, I asked her parents at her birthday party if I could take her Take her on a date, sure. Well, here's the thing. I was like the good guy. I was a virgin when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like looking for wife material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like 
I'm going to bang this 16 year old. Yeah, can't wait to you right. Yeah. So I was 18 and I was dating her and we dated for like, I don't know how long we dated, but we basically decided we want to have sex because it was my first real girlfriend. I was like, right. oh, I'm in love with her. Like, yeah. it doesn't this, matter. Let's commit it, to this. It, it right. doesn't matter if I have sex with her because I'm going to marry her anyway. Right. So like God will forgive me. Sure. You know, basically, and we had sex and then we dated for a little bit longer and then she left me for someone else. And I found out that she was cheating me the whole time. Not only was she cheating me the whole time, but I was like her third or fourth sexual partner. Like she's fucking lied to me about everything. Yeah, yeah. So like she took something from me that was so sacred to me and not just religion. Like I wanted – like I was stoked to have sex, but I wanted to have sex with somebody that mattered. Sure. You, know, you don't want to ever – nobody wants their first time to be with like somebody – You know, I shouldn't speak for everybody. But right, right, Somebody right. that's going to yeah. fuck them over. Right, right, right. Just, you know, I hear all these stories about like – you know, people like losing their virginity to their best friend because they both wanted to lose their virginity. And back then, I didn't want that. But now I think that like that'd be You're much like, oh, tighter. Okay. Yeah. It'd be much tighter than ruin it to somebody that lied to me. Right. Uh, so that song was about like you know these blood stains won't cover this gunshot killing myself will just, like will end everything, but these blood stains like you know the blood all over my bed I won't cover the shame like. You know, my mom finds out that I lost my virginity. Like, you know, like shit. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. cared too much at the time, but sure. All this, but that's, so like, so imagine you, that morbidness. Yeah, times like three when I was like thirteen. Right, right, Just right. Terrible. Things. Of course. Well, yeah, you were, you were, you were, yeah, you you were in the midst of a breakdown, and you were just trying to find something to hold on to. Yeah. In any capacity. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like I mean, your your city and area. I mean, the, the Midwest isn't notorious for like hardcore and punk. Like you know, there are obviously pockets of it. But how did you kind of discover it? As far as like you know, was it, I mean, was it like through school, through I friends? I don't know what's up with you and people like Matt Pike that don't think the Midwest is notorious for hardcore. Well, you have okay, you have you have Modern Life is War, and you have I mean, you, like I said, you have pockets. You have Louisville, Kentucky. You have. Portions of, of Texas, but Cleveland and Cincinnati, of course. I mean, Dayton, that, like right, I, right. I, no, that's I, true. That's I, true. I grew, I grew up in like, you know, I uh, I grew up with a brother. He's you know he sold out, which doesn't matter to me. Like I don't give a shit. No, he's dead to us. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> my brother's 36 now, but like I'm saying, he's 36. So okay, I grew up when he lived with us. Like you know, I didn't know what it was at the time. Okay, but, but you like, were exposed hate, to it. Hate breed, like okay. snap case, right, strife, right, like, right. Know, all the great mid '90s stuff, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, just fucking integrities from Cleveland. Like, yep. what are you telling me? Like, your hardcore isn't apparent in the Midwest. Go fuck yourself, Ray. I'll, I'll defend that. Shit. <laughs> no, you. I, I will. I will. And it's true. Obviously, I know it's not but, necessarily hardcore, but I okay. I, I, but ringworm. I should be. I should be more specific, like because you're. Because I mean, the what's the name of Newark, Ohio? I live forty five minutes from Columbus. Okay, and that and that was outside of my awareness. So yes, you you can. Fuck me. I, I completely agree. I totally understand. Dude, fucking, first of all. Yes, Ring, of course. Ringworm Ring, Integrity. Ring, nope, Ringworm's Hammer of the Witch is one of the best records, hardest records to be put out I in agree. a very long time. I agree. So, and that's from Ohio. So, I see. So, but basically, the point I'm trying to make hey, don't is. Don't fucking insult me, Ray. I am not insulting you. <laughs> okay. The point I'm trying to make was that, like, the the introduction was obviously, like, you, you so you kind of saw it out there with your older brother, and you were like, oh, like, that's that's interesting. Yeah, hardcore was definitely. I, I don't know why I left that out. Hardcore sure. was definitely an outlet because uh, there there were because I know you can relate that you can go you can there's great hardcore bands I guarantee you from your time from yep. when you went to shows when you were 15 yep. that nobody gives a shit about nobody knows about of course because they were a bunch of your fucking friends that didn't have the drive to do anything with it because <laughs> yeah. everyone can like 
they're not big at all. They may have never toured. They may have only played hardcore. Local yeah, release hardcore one shows. seven inch and then you know fall fall but into the they vaults. Meant everything to you, of course. So you know when I tried like Ohio hardcore was like huge. Yeah, but because every there seemed to be hardcore bands everywhere. Okay, but just because you know no H two O or like Madball came out of right. Ohio, people are like Ohio. People say that to me, like Matt, like you know who came out of Ohio. Yeah, and I don't have like a, you know I don't have a. You know, even like there's no like have heart like you know of course fucking Franz from Turnstiles from Ohio and I think Turnstiles <laughs> is one of the best hardcore bands to come out in a long time <laughs> sure sure and you can't tell me Franz isn't one of the biggest reasons that band is amazing live because he's probably the most entertaining yeah 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 band member to For, watch, sure yeah period yeah. totally and that's Ohio yeah but um, uh, but yeah dude hardcore had a big and so big. was that was that like your first introductory to independent music was like hard was that yeah, like mid nineties hardcore? I used okay. to, that's how I started playing shows was uh, this guy named Adrian who uh, was an old friend of my brother's. He booked hardcore shows and sure. he, he was like he was the first his name's Adrian, he was the first person to be like, dude, your music's great. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. It was terrible. Right. And he's like, dude, you need it like and he put me opening up for shows. He'd give me like twenty bucks. Sure. Like I I was a fifteen, so he'd give me twenty bucks. That was fucking money to go oh, see movies. Yeah, right, right. And uh, he gave me twenty bucks to play like four songs before the show started. Right. And I used to open up for hardcore shows all the time. That's what I did. Right. And that's that's how I got started playing shows was for hardcore shows. Sure. So and did you did you immediately like once you got up there with your acoustic guitar and you started to do that in in an audience? Um, you know, I mean, it's like. Obviously, the the sort of knee jerk easiest reaction or easiest comparison that people can draw to you is like, oh yeah, Chris Graba and Dashboard Confessional, because obviously it's like he came from the hardcore scene as well. Um, but it's like, was it easy for you to kind of go up there and just be like and perform? Not at first, okay. not like I do now. Right. I don't mean say I'm good now, but I'm saying it wasn't easy to go out there and do it like sure. I do now because I was young and naive and ignorant, and I. I did the same mistake that a lot of people still make now at 22 right. is where they go fucking find a radio song that's a top 40 hit and play it just so they think people because there was like a lot of opening bands that, that I've they've opened up for me uh -huh. or I've seen they're like that will like you know cover fucking like Smash Mouth and be like ah like you know everyone will know the words let's sing along yeah now for instance I covered on YouTube Lady Gaga's Bad Romance sure but I when I cover songs I only pick songs that like mean something mm -hmm. or I think can be made into something that means something. Okay. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, like, you know, the, the song is like, you know, I'm very impressed because you put yourself in the spot to remember a lot of stuff and I, I, I'm not even asking you to do that. I know, but, uh, <laughs> like the way I did it was yeah. like, it was the lyrics are like, I want y'all ugly and I want y'all dizzy. But the way I did it, I slowed it down uh -huh. and like, I sang the lyric. I really, I, I'm not saying she didn't sing the lyrics. But you can tell it was a pop song, sure, and like it was just a radio song, right? But the lyrics were so beautiful and so dark mm -hmm. that when I changed it, like changed the key and sing it slower, it was like, "I want your ugly and I want right. your dizzy." It was very deliberate, right? Yeah, like you know, and uh, that's that's different. If you want to like hear a song, mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, you're not just you're not doing it for the sort of kitschy factor that most bands do it where it's like yeah they can't really get a crowd reaction for their own song so of course they'll cover a well-known song from whoever yeah so yeah yeah i understand what you're saying okay i over explain myself sometimes no, a no. lot 99 <laughs> percent of the time i over it's myself. okay it's perfect That's... i over explain why i over explain right right <laughs> as 
front porch steps started, you know, you, you felt more confident and you're obviously out there from that perspective as far as like, you know, touring and was it, you know, once you started to get like even a little local recognition, was it, did you feel like it was that switch where like, I can't do anything else. I got to chase this down. Or was it like, well, I don't really have anything else going on. Like what was your, what was your mentality? I didn't really think I was that good because people still collectively people still in my town don't give a shit about me. Okay. Um, I go to Cincinnati or go to Cleveland and I have to sign autographs, which I don't expect that in my hometown, Mm -hmm. but I'll play a show in Columbus and 12 people show up. Sure. Uh, It bothers me because like, you know, I, because I stopped, I thought it was because I played so much because I used to play in people's backyards and I stopped taking my guitar places because I was like, you know, I finally realized I I take them to my friends' houses, but like to people inviting me to parties, I don't bring my guitar because like, you know, if you're not going to come to my shows, you're going to fucking pay me to play your party. Then, right. you know, like I'm not your, I'm not your fucking like, right. Your, in a form of entertainment I'm right not now. Your yeah. Free yeah. Entertainment. Right. Uh, now it's different. If I bring my guitar to a party of a friend that I actually am close with, who comes to my shows and hangs out with me. And most of the time, if I go play parties, I'll just play all covers that I want to play. Yeah. I'm fucking. Well, cause it'll be fun for you. Right. Yeah. It's fun for me. It's not, I don't feel like I'm working. Right. Um, but I, I, it's dude, it's so weird. I'll go, like, I go to Boston and, you know, 300 people showed up to two different, both, like, two different Tilly's performances in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't all the same people. Right. So it was North Boston and South Boston. So, like, I go to different areas and people, people, you know, treat me like a celebrity, which I don't expect that in my hometown. Yeah. But I'm saying, I can't even get people to show up to see me. Like, right. After I got done with uh, the Acoustic Basement Tour in February, mm-hmm. right before I left for Warp Tour, I did like, you know, like uh, almost like a going away show mm-hmm. you know, at, at this local bar that I used to do open mic nights. I thought it was going to be really cool and like a lot of my friends were going to show up. Like, there was probably like 20 people there, but seven of them came to see me. Like, you know, the right. just drinking at the bar. Right. And it was so disheartening. Like, yeah, you're like, what am I doing? Right. Like, you're like, what the fuck? Like, what's, <laughs> what's wrong with, like, you know? Right. And I think. A lot of it is, you know, I don't think people want to accept that the kid they used to make fun of is doing things that they yeah, it's great, right? Because like a lot of fucking metal bands in Ohio, like local metal bands that you could go search on YouTube, Google, and they probably want to come up, talk shit about me all the time, and they don't talk shit to my face; they talk shit behind my back, and, I'm like, <laughs> and then I find out about it. But it's these kids. A lot of kids don't like that I play like five chords and got signed to a record label because. They think their metal band that it's, not, they're not saying all of them are bad, right? But like this metal band that, because dude, anybody that knows anything about music knows that you can put five of the most talented, two of the most talented guitarists, the most talented bassist, the most talented singer, and the most talented drummer in the world in a band, and they can write a bunch of shitty fucking songs. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, because your cla- your classical talent doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? It's, right. You right. have to have a songwriter, someone that can build the song. Right. So they're like, oh, like, yo, I fucking shred. Like, you know, like, I don't understand, like, how my band's on a warp Tour or something like that. And it's like, first of all, maybe because you're talking shit about somebody on warp Tour, maybe you're a fucking dick. Right. Uh, that's, that's the biggest thing. Right, right. I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't understand why. Because it's not Ohio. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati and Cleveland. Yeah, fucking yeah. A ton of people show up. Right. Mad love. Do you self-identify as Christian? Like, for lack of a better term? Yes. Okay. Uh, for I mean, like, for a very specified lack of a better term, yes. Okay. 
because uh, yeah, and obviously, like you mentioned, your straight edge. Um, I I myself identify with both of those as well. Um, a question I get a lot of the time is not so much from a religious perspective, but why do you feel the need to apply both of those labels to yourself when essentially, obviously, you know, a lot of people look at straight edge and are just like, oh, like, well, yeah, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do these things. Christianity should embody some of those as well. So I don't know. I don't know if anyone's ever questioned you from that perspective on like, oh, why do you have both labels? <laughs> My Christianity is weird. Uh, there is a lot of weird stuff in the Bible mm -hmm. um, that I don't agree with. And I mm -hmm. know that there's plenty of atheists and like, you know, because there's a difference between an atheist and then just like there's asshole Christians, there's asshole atheists. Yep. There's Christians that are pieces of shit and they're like, you know, they, they're, they're contradicting, you know, the, their purpose on earth, like, you know, stuff like that. And then there's atheists that literally just live. Like, I don't know if they're, they had a Catholic dad that beat them when they were younger, but they like, you know, I'm not even being funny when I say that. Yeah. They just fucking hate anybody with the name, like calls themselves a Christian and they live to like make fun of you. Yeah. Take and, like, you down. To, like, sure. You know, fucking like take you down a notch. Consider myself Christian and I believe in God and I pray to God mm -hmm. and I thank God for things. Um, I, I thank God on the, the uh, credits of my record. Mm -hmm. I believe in God. The essential God. Um, sometimes I believe in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I don't, but I always believe in God. Sure. Because there's certain things that have happened in my life that have led me to believe in God and and think and know in my head that God is real. Now, when I say in my head, it's out of respect for the people that know. Quote unquote, I'm using quotations with my hands that know that God's not real. Right. You know what I mean? Because everyone, it's it's all your perspective. And I guess the way, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't see why you should bother anybody. Almost mm -hmm. like, almost like kind of, I, I don't think being gay is wrong. And I don't think anybody that's gay is wrong. And the way I look at it is if, even if it is, how is it different from any other sin in the world? Because the original point of uh, like sexual sin is like, is uh, doing anything, you know, outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, whether you think that's marriage to a woman or not, these people, like, are, like, you know, are, like, basically, like, calling these dudes and these women faggots and then not being married and then going to get blown by some girl, like, that night mm -hmm. and acting like what the gay people are doing is a sin and what they're doing is cool. I just try to focus on the love that I believe that is with God and try to project that as much as possible and just show love for people because I don't, I think even if, even though I don't think being gay is wrong, even if it is, and I'm just, I'm just, you know, a bad, quote unquote, bad Christian. I don't think, I think there's a lot more things in the world that God gives a shit about than he does what that. And, but I don't think he gives a shit at all. I don't think it's wrong because mm -hmm. I, you see there's, there's some fucking gay people. There's a lot of gay people that are better parents than a lot of straight people. You know right. what I mean? There's a lot of gay people that are more loyal to their lover and more, you know, more better people than a lot of straight people. And uh, so I hate telling people I'm a Christian because they get this preconceived stereotype of what I am. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're a fucking gay basher. Like, you know, 
And I'm not because I don't think being gay is wrong. But then people are like, well, the, even if they don't believe it's wrong, even if they don't believe in the Bible, the Bible says man should not live with another man. So you're contradictory. Like you, you're contradicting yourself. Like you, you already like ruined your point. You don't make sense. That's what's so weird about the Bible. Is like I don't, I don't know how much it was written by man. Because like even if you never show me the Bible, I still don't think that I, I would still not believe in God because I'm, I've had thoughts of not believing in God, mm-hmm. and I. Because I'm old enough to think for myself. I'm not brainwashed. Sure. If, even though even though you were raised in, in the structure of it, you decided for yourself that God is meaningful. Yes, yeah. to, in my life. And uh, I'm trying to explain this right. Let's say... Well, I, I, I mean, to interrupt your thought, I would probably imagine it's the same way. Like I was, the original question I was saying, where it's like identifying yourself as Christian and obviously a straight edge. Where it's like, when you say you're straight edge, people immediately put you immediately think the worst of that that movement as well where it's like oh so you beat people up that you know drink beer smoke. fuck yeah i do piece yeah, of shit <laughs> um, but you know what i'm saying right yeah i understand yeah. but friction is almost like but people don't collectively know about straight edge it's true a right. lot of people there's still people that of think course. like straight edge like they're like yeah man like i'm i'm gonna be straight edge this weekend right like, and they're not being rude. They just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. No, no, no. They don't understand that it's for life. Right. So, uh, but Christian, like the Westboro Baptist Church and like, you know, stuff like that is like, of course, you know, made Christianity like, you know, what well, it is today. Right. And, and, like not made Christianity what it is. They no, made no, no. the preconceived stereotype of what right. Christianity is. And then you got motherfuckers like Joel Olstein, which I'll fucking, I want to punch that dude in the fucking face. There's, you have these churches that you walk into them. The goddamn preacher is driving a fucking Lexus, like a 2014 Lexus, mm-hmm. and there's 52-inch screens all over, and the fucking preacher's reading off an iPad, and there's a bunch of people. Every church should be the size to fit its congregation, and the rest of the money should be put in a fucking bank account for and be used to help people. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't and keep the church like you know if there's an electrical problem like yo. Our electric system broke. We're going to need, you know, they keep yeah, the lights on. We're going to need, course, you know, $1,000 right. to fix the electrical system. Take $1,000 off. They should be going out and they should be fucking, I, I'm, I don't go to church because I can't find a church like this. You know, they go, they should go, you know, give money to battered women's shelters. If, if they shouldn't ask for money, you know, they shouldn't ask for money and tithe if they're not going to use it for God's work. Sure. Whatever, I, when I consider God's work, I mean, Going out and going to you know. whatever, helping their congregation, helping their local community. And yeah, totally. When a church turns into a business and it becomes like you know the 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 Walmartification of a church, when it's like their only goal is to keep growing, to keep. I mean, there's a difference between growing and witnessing, and I think that's that's probably the, that's the distinction that you are looking at. Where it's Dude, like, if you have a 50 minute podcast, if I start talking about fucking Christian music, we're gonna have oh, a big it's, fucking no, no, problem. No, 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 for sure. But episode, if you're a Christian, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're a Christian, go look up the Faith Plus One episode of South Park, and it is the most honest representation of what Christian music is today. Oh yeah, keep in these. When I say brainwashed, I mean just as brainwashed as a child who thinks, you know, the next One Direction song should be a good song. Or right. should be known as a good song. Uh, not saying that I have anything against collectively One Direction, but anybody that doesn't fucking realize that Simon Cowell picked five good-looking dudes that can sing and wrote a bunch of songs for them 
and put them out in the media and paid millions and millions of dollars for you to think that they're good. Because there's a ton, there's a, a thousands of good-looking kids that can sing that would have been One Direction. It doesn't, it, you don't have to be Harry Styles. Anybody right. could be doing what they're doing. Not me, but any good-looking, good singer yeah, sure. could have been those five kids. Right. Same thing with NSYNC. Now, there's people like Justin Timberlake that have a little extra. Of course. But you understand what I'm getting at. Yep. And it's the same thing with Christian music is they fucking pay all this money and they use they use the love of God as like it's a business plan as a as a like almost like coercion into you buying this music totally. Now there's a band called Newsboys. Are you sure you've heard of them? Of course. Fuck the Newsboys. Um, <laughs> the Newsboys play this church in my state in Ohio. It's one of the biggest churches at, at least in Ohio, maybe in the United States. Seventy dollars a ticket. And it sold the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Fuck Tate. Fuck Newsboys. You know, fuck, fuck DC Talk. I don't give a shit. That's bullshit. Seventy dollars is a fucking decent seat to see Elton John and Billy Joel. Right. Like, who fucking cares about the Newsboys? But everyone was there buying those tickets just because they have something like, "God's not dead. He's truly alive." <laughs> like, sure. fuck you. The, those songs mean nothing. Like, now I've written songs before that are almost Christian-like songs, like. You know, the song So Help Me God. It's mm-hmm. talking about temptation and my love and struggle with Satan and God. But any people just take, like, chords or melodies from other songs. And if they – dude, if you write a record, all you need is a push. If you write a record that says, I love Jesus, yes, I do. I love him every day. Like, yo, I'm sure I'm sure there's plenty of people that might hear the song. They're like, well, why wouldn't he make that a yeah, song? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's so pretty. <laughs> like, you're fucking naive and you're stupid. Like, I, I, I hate calling people stupid, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have this issue. There's, there's this church from my fucking town mm-hmm. where this guy, you know, this guy leads worship. And I used to go to church there and I'm just disgusted by it. He literally admits to purposely making music to sound like pop hits. Of course. To get kids to want to listen to it. So he like he says it on his record, like, you know, I wanted to make songs to sound like Katy Perry and sound like Lady Gaga. So like you know, so kids will hear music they like, but will also be hearing God's word. Of course. Like, you're doing the wrong fucking thing. There's a band that no one's heard of collectively in the world that uh they're called uh her Sweet Autumn Misery. They played like the small tents at like Cornerstone maybe okay, a couple sure. times. No one's heard of them. They don't play anymore. Right. When I, people have heard of them, but as the collectively in the world, no one's heard of them. Right. He has this one song uh, called Searching, and it's it's so beautiful. And it's, you know, the lyrics, the verse are like, you know, uh, um, I want to live out on the road, but I don't have to play guitar. Um, because I can sing well on my own. Um, I don't care if I get far because I'm sick of writing songs that are only meant to sell. And I wish that I could meet you, not just through these headphones or speakers, I guess. I'd love to share a pot of coffee. And it's talking about how, like, he doesn't want to, he just wants to meet you and, like, he just wants to meet people and love them and not not care about, like, you know, religion. He is Christian. Yeah. But he's talking about, like, you know, I don't want to write songs. And the biggest lyric in that song, he says, because you have blood and I have blood and that's enough. That's a fucking song. Like, yeah. That's a, that's a song. Yeah. That's not. Like, that's not pandering. Jesus, you're my right, Lord. Right, right. Love you, my heart. Like, you know, it's just. 
If someone wrote a song that said, I love you, girl, I love you with all my heart, I love you every day, people are like, dude, that song's like so cliche, that's played out. But somebody writes a song that says, I love Jesus, and people are like, damn, like that's so beautiful, it's so meaningful. I gotta get behind that. Yeah, it's yeah. so meaningful. I have to, what it is, is like, and I'm probably using literally in the wrong sense of the word, sure, don't sure. give a shit, I'm gonna say it anyways. <laughs> literally, it's like Kim Jong un putting out a record that says, I love Kim Jong-un and everyone in fucking North Korea. Like, I have to buy this album. Of course. Like, right. I have to buy this album. It's the same thing. People yeah. hear I love Jesus are like that are Christians that are because if God if God's real and he created us, and this is for my atheist, putting out a big if right. if God's real and he created us, or whatever, you know, why would he make us free thinking if he didn't want us to think? Like, you know what I mean? If he didn't want us to doubt him if mm-hmm. he didn't make us and he didn't want us to doubt him why would he make it, us able to doubt sure of course like, yo, just be robots I don't think God cares if you know we we go out and like think of you know think of different things like what if God's not real and you know that's I don't think he cares if that makes sense um it's just it's just a weird thing yeah like I well, no, I could tell. Well, I, I could tell it's 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 meaningful to you because you, even though you obviously identify and you label yourself it, you've obviously had a lot of thoughts. You know, I mean, pro and con, which is which is good. Because some days I don't believe in God. Some people say you do. Some days I don't believe in God. Oh, sure, sure. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. Um, but uh, most of my life, it, I've always gone back to believing in God. Yeah, and. Uh, Right, and that's what, and that's why it's meaningful for you. You, you don't obviously the, the baggage of the negative connotations that come to it, come to the religion in general. That's what puts you off. But ultimately, you can't deny the, of the positive effects that it's had on your life, and that's that's ultimately what's going to guide you. And the big thing is, I don't. I'm not against people being Jewish. I'm not against people being Muslim. I'm sure. sorry. I'm, okay. I don't mean to be ignorant, <laughs> but uh, I don't have a problem with people being Buddhist because here's the way I look at it. I, I left that apart. That song's called Searching because he says, because we all are searching. We all are searching. And we're literally just all on this life, regardless if there's God. We're all just searching for purpose. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, we're just trying to figure out what the hell we're here for. We're trying, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what to do, like whether, like, you know, who we're going to love, who we're going to, if we're going to love. Like, you know, because some people don't believe in marriage and that's tight. Do what you want. Some people just want to fuck all the time. Like, do what you want. But what I'm saying is the people that hate on people that believe things, because there's just as many. If you don't think there's just as many like atheist like religion bashers as there is gay bashers in the world, then you're very fucking blind. Right. Because Christianity is still the number one religion in the world, but there's people that are just mean to people just because they're Christian. Yeah. And I know that that happens in racism, and you know, and I'm not saying that we're a minority at all. Right. But the way I look at it is, that let's say that all gods are fake. God is fake, you know, Jesus Christ is a myth, all this stuff, you know, we're all wrong. But let's say we, and someone knows that for sure. Like an atheist, he knows we're all wrong. Like, right. just, like why would you think that? If somebody has something in their heart and in their life that's keeping them going and believing them, like a child believes in Santa Claus, or like a, you know, a child believes in the Easter Bunny, or like a child believes in angels, what right do you have to try to take that from them? Whether it's Buddha or you know or Allah or uh, or um, you know God or whatever you want to believe in, what what 
what you have, you know, because I'm sure there's an atheist homosexual person somewhere that makes fun of people for believing in God. And while they argue, you know, why do you, why are you against me marrying my husband? We're not bothering you. Why are you against me? Now, I know that Christians are one of the reasons that people aren't allowed to get, gay people aren't allowed to get married in most places. I understand that. But what I'm saying is people, people are hurting their, they're hurting their cause. Just like I see a lot of black people on my Facebook talking shit about white people and talking shit about, you know, it's the same thing. Like we're, we're just going to create a vicious cycle mm-hmm. unless we start learning to like love people and stop you know, hating people collectively. Cause an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. You know, I have a, I, I know a kid, he's not my friend anymore. He used to be my friend. I know a kid whose aunt uh, is in like, she's literally insane. She's in a, like an insane, like, Asylum, sure. But yeah. She was raped in the Navy by two black people. And, like, I met her one time. Mm-hmm. It, dude, she, she has all these, like, Viking books and, like, Nazi books. And she's, like, sure. she's completely, like, really racist. Like, sure. she, like, she wears shirts that, like, have Hitler on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess there was a black person that lived there once. And she, like, shit and pissed in, like, a bucket and, like, threw it on him. Ugh. Yeah. And she hates all black people because of those two black people. Right. Now... If she could have met somebody, you know, and I'm sure there's homosexuals that fucking hate Christians. Yeah. But if they would have met me first or met someone like, you know, someone like me that believes in God, but believes that like, you know, you should be able to do what like, do what you want. And sure. they might have a different opinion on Christianity. Yeah. Because people, it's the same thing as like these, you know, white people being racist against black people. Not all white people are racist. I'm pretty sure racists are, are becoming the minority in the world. Like, you know, not white people, but racism. Like, they're still out there. But, I mean, like, how the fuck do you think racism is, like, a huge part in the world when you have a black president? And I'm not saying that racism isn't there. And right. It's not a huge part in the world, but I'm saying, like, I know I contradict myself there. But I'm saying, <laughs> how do you think all white people are so fucking, like, hateful of black people because there's not enough black people in the world to vote in a white president. There's not. Yeah. If all white people voted for Romney and all black people voted for Obama, it'd be a fucking landslide. Right. So there's white people that voted for Obama. There's tons of them. Thousands upon thousands of them. Right. Or there wouldn't have been an, even an election. And it's the same thing with, you know, Christianity. It's like, you know, there's, there's good people and bad people and all that claim things. And that brings me back to straight edge. I'm, this is a circle, I promise. That's how I'm, I'm coming back. Comes to straight edge is there are people in the world, maybe not now, but there has been in the past, that take baseball bats to people's faces because they smoke cigarettes and they wear an X on their chest or they fucking, you know, have an X tattoo on you know their hands or their legs or whatever. And people, that person that got hit by that baseball bat might fucking hate straight edge people. Right. But if they met me or basically... 90% of straight edge people, they would yeah. understand that's not the fucking way to go. Right, that's like, not that's, the truth. That's not how straight edge people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Well, yeah, you just, I, I think ultimately, I mean, everybody has their own personal experience with whatever. whatever. If it's a philosophical belief, if it's a religion, whatever the case may be. But ultimately, you can't take your one experience and write off an entire uh, sect of religion. You can't write off an entire philosophical belief because you might have had like if you do a deep dive into it do research 
have more than one experience, then that's fine. And you ultimately come to the conclusion that you hate whatever race it is. No one can stop you, like you were saying. Yeah. But you, you can't place a blanket statement over everybody that calls himself a Christian, calls himself straight edge, calls himself, you know, Buddhist. Like you can't just do that. It's, it's, yeah. it's ignorant. Or people saying that like, you know, Catholic priests are rapists. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to fucking. Say, no, right. You're not going to go to bat. Right. No, I'm saying, I'm not going to say that the Catholic church doesn't cover up. Yeah, oh, this for shit sure. Cause it does. Right. But I'm saying you can't meet a priest and be like, this priest is a rapist. Of course. Cause yeah, there would be a huge if every priest was raping kids like there would be yeah, yeah. we would know about it right right um, yeah. now now it's easy to cover up certain like you know, certain incidents but because uh, you know, like if a girl that goes out to a party and gets drunk gets raped by a man at a party which is very not a common thing but I'm saying it's a very it happens if, yeah if you're like People want to be shocked to be like, oh my god, like that person, you were raped by a man at a party. But like, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm saying that's a thing that happens. Yep. Those girls are scared to speak out against or tell anybody it happened because of how horrible and gruesome and how humiliating rape is. What makes you think, you know, a fucking young boy who gets raped by someone he looks up to, of course, would go and talk about it? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like. It's easier to cover up, but I think if every priest was raping young boys or right. girls, it would be something known about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, no. But I'm saying, but but my point is, is not not all people. I guess why I talked about this so much because I have a big problem with the Catholic Church and sure. the way they like the way they talk about things and the way they, you know, just like I do with a lot of churches. But the sure. Catholic Church just happens to be one Entity, collective sure. thing that I can speak out, but. uh it's just, man, people, there's just so much hate in the world, and it, it kills me. Like, I tweeted the other day, and it wasn't to get, like, retweets. It was just my way of, like, saying it so mm-hmm. people would hear it. I said, I wonder what would happen if a, people dying of thirst received a drop of water every time somebody posted a hateful comment on the internet. Right. Like, they literally, they'd probably drown if that happened. Sure. Like, they probably, you know, in a bad way, they'd probably drown yeah, and yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, But I'm saying, <laughs> my point is, it's like... Like, why is there so, why do people hate so much? Like, why is there so much hate in the world? I don't understand it. Yeah. And, you know, I I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't understand why people are so mean. Yeah. I don't understand why people, why there's people that post things about people with Down syndrome and with autism. And recently in Ohio, someone dumped up, you know, told a kid that they were going to, he was going to do the ALS challenge and he was so excited. It makes me want to cry. He was so excited, and they dumped a, pu- a fucking bucket of piss and shit on him, and video videotaped it. You can look it up on the internet. I think it's world news now, but mm-hmm. it happened in Ohio. And like, you know, what brings people to do that? Mm-hmm. And that collectively is why I believe in God. Sure. Not because, not because oh God would let that happen. Because there's so much evil and hate in the world. I feel like there has to be some answer to it. Yeah, there's got to be a light. To there's got to be a light to mm-hmm. the dark, and not to say you know be cliche or like no, but it's... I, you know be cheesy when I say there has to be light for the dark. But how can people hate so hard? Yeah, I don't get it. Now, when I know I said earlier I hated my my dad's wife, but it's because she's caused so much pain that I can't. But like I said, if my dad, I know not. All white women are like that. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, not, of course. I know if my 
I know not all people, dads who parents get divorced. I know not all dads are shitty people. Right. Because my friend Nick is one of the best fathers in the fucking world. And unfortunately, his fucking, uh, his, uh, the mother of his child was on fucking Jerry Springer. Oh, and okay. like, not with him, but right. with another dude, like, oh, I'm fucking this dude. And like, you know, and she does fucking crystal meth now. Like, you know, and he's one of the best parents in the fucking world. Right. So it's, I'm smart enough to know that it's not, you know, it's just she did so much pain to me. So I say hate, but I don't hate her. I would never wish death on her. I just don't want to be near her. Yeah, of course. I want to keep the bad out of my life. Right, 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 right. I, just, I could talk for hours about hate. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, but you're, I mean, ultimately, the, the, the positive force that you're trying to put out in the world is obviously it's through music, it's through love, and it's through the interactions that you have with, with people who pay attention to you. And that's like, that's the most fulfilling thing. That you can put out there. Yeah, dude, and the people that talk shit about me on the internet or the fans that talk shit about me. It's irrelevant to any, you. No, but anybody that knew me, anybody that knows me, like, thinks those kids are so dumb. Because, especially if, if we want to be specific, if I, f I found a band, you know, you can only do so much. I'm not a record exec. But, like, if I found a band that I liked and they were great kids, like, you know, I would love to give them tips. Because, dude, I may not have been doing it for a long time. I know I'm only 22, but I've learned so much. Like once you get signed and do one tour, yeah. how uh, do a real tour like with Never Shout Never or like you know fucking uh, the something sponsored by Vans Warped Tour with the Acoustic Basement where you do a real tour that's put together by professional people, you learn ten like you know ten years of high school like you know in a year's worth, worth of touring for worth, sure worth of worth of knowledge that you you didn't know before you did that tour. Right. And these kids, like, there's bands that have played, you know, I have friends, dude, that I get arguments because they're, I'll try to help, they're older than me, they're like, you know, almost to the 30s and they're in a band and, you know, they, they, they're they playing local shows. I try to give them advice, they're like, hey man, like, I've been doing this for a while. And I want to be like, you. I can't be rude, but I want to be like, what, why the fuck am I doing better than you? Right. And I don't mean that in a rude way, but yeah, 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 literally, yeah. why am I doing better than you? Right. If you've been doing it for 20 years, why are you winning Grammys right now? Mm -hmm. if, if time is all it takes, yeah. like why aren't you winning Grammys? 20 years, that's tight. Like, totally. Why, why, why didn't you do Warped Tour? It, it's about, and I try to tell these kids, one of the reasons, because people listen to my music, they're like, oh, his music sucks. How is he on Warped Tour? Um, because I'm very respectful mm -hmm. when I speak to people. I don't kiss people's asses, but I treat them like human beings. Yeah. Um, I, I'm nice to people. I don't go talk shit about bands of course you know like a lot of people do uh like you see the other day jesus christ i'll just let me say this really quick i put tweeted some i'm gonna paraphrase i said if you consider five seconds of summer pop punk and have never listened to homegrown or Allister, you really need to reevaluate your life and what that meant was if you consider that pop punk yeah check you, this you stuff need to out. go listen to right some drive-through records like pop punk yeah, yeah because they're not really pop punk i said a genre i didn't say five seconds of summer's bad i've heard like two of their songs yeah i never said they're bad dude i've received so much hate tweets from five seconds of summer like 14 year old fans that did not read the fucking tweet right right dude it's it's so <laughs> it's so funny because i i i they don't understand that there's no difference in me saying, if you guys think Led Zeppelin is rap music, 
you need to go listen to Tupac because that's rap music. Right. You guys have your genres mixed up. People like you, no one would be like, oh, "Are you talking shit about Led Zeppelin?" Like right. I would. I'm just saying, I don't think that they're that genre. I think they're a different genre. I never said they're not talented. They're not even the best band in the world. Right, I never right. said that. Like I think Whitney Houston is the greatest singer that's ever lived. Whitney Houston is not pop punk. Right. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? She's right. Like, right. 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 I think she's. I cried. I bawled when Whitney Houston died. Sure. Because I wanted to see her live so bad. It was my goal in life. And she died. And, and I fucking cried my eyes out. I was more excited than anything in the world. It was just, it was, people will just hate for, yeah, no yeah, reason. for no reason. People are so ready to hate. My point is people are so ready to hate that they blindly see shit and they sure. just hate you. Right. And you don't, Just take the time. Take the time. Take a second. Yeah, just breathe. Reread what you just fucking read. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, oh, dude. People, I know. People are just, people, people metaphorically like have their fucking guns cocked and the fucking finger on the trigger and you know waiting just to shoot someone you know? yeah and it's just like you know well you're holster you, your fucking weapon put your safety on right it, like let's like, breathe. yeah take a minute breathe, breathe for a second yeah because you know? yeah. like you know defend yourself if need be right but you don't take a minute yeah those fucking calm down there chief yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I, I I feel like I pulled a cork off you, and we were able to go in places you haven't gone to before yeah. uh, in a long time. So I, I appreciate you doing this, dude. No problem, man. It's, it's been, been awesome. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So that was a conversation, right? I felt like, I felt bad because honestly, we probably could have gone on for another like 30 minutes. <laughs> but for one, I had to go. For two, we were in a recording studio, and the engineer was kind of like, Okay, guys, I'm back from my lunch break. Uh, are you, uh, you around? You ready to record again, Jake? So, anyways, I apologize for the overly nasally voice as well because the, the sickness that I've been battling for, like, two weeks, I think is trying to take me over at this point, and it just it sucks, so I apologize. But Tom Richfield, as always, is his producer of the show and the confidant and just, just general morale booster of this show, and I can't thank him enough for that. So... Visit 100 Words Podcast, visit propertyofzack.com. In in the next week or so, I'm going to be recording the year-end extravaganza episode. This is one of the most downloaded shows of the year where myself, Jeremy Bolm from Touche Amore, and Joey Cahill, the owner of 6130 Records, talk our favorite records of the year. Everyone loves lists. Everyone loves discussions about records. So be prepared. I think we're going to be releasing that the week of December 9th or 10th. So get all of your, your, your lists in order. So anyways, until next week, be safe, everybody. Hey!